You're listening to City Church Long Beach Sermons. Visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. ...to be here this morning. This is just an extra fun morning. Uh, for those of you on Zoom, I promise you pictures. Uh, for those of you who are in person, you may have seen it or you're feeling it right now, even in this space. But we started off our morning with a 10 a.m. little trunk or treat uh, for our kids back here in the staff parking lot. And it was ridiculously fun. It was so, so good. Um, so thank you to all of you who volunteered and helped with that because um, we had such a good time just inviting our kids in to, to celebrate. And to, man, just learn that man, church can be fun. <laughs> Right? Not all of us got that perhaps in our formative years. Um, but yeah, we can actually just enjoy each other. And that is actually going to be a theme we experienced this morning because uh, we have been talking about happiness a lot for the last month or so. Uh, and this morning, we are just continuing on with that theme as we look at the idea of gratitude. Before we launch uh, into that series, though, uh, I do just want to make sure, you know, we've got the basics of our, our welcome, for instance, you know, that you guys know that you're in the right place, that you are at City Church of Long Beach, where we are a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. And if it happens to be your first time with us this morning. One, I hope, you know, I hope you enjoy the costumes. We don't look like this every Sunday, um, you know, but well, you know, yeah, we, we are a little quirky, so it's, it's not guaranteed. There may be costumes other Sundays as well. That is definitely a possibility. So yes, thank you. We're so glad you're here if you're new. Uh, we also want to make sure, especially for our new people, that you know where the bathrooms are because that's just, you know, it's kind of important. It's a, a way that we welcome you in. Uh, and so there is a bathroom right to the back over here, up those little stairs, a hard left, a little bathroom there. And then over here on this corner, uh, on, on both sides of the corner, there are also bathrooms. The trick with that one, there is a little bit of a trick. Uh, it's a trick all the time, not just on Halloween, um, which is that the doors actually are dead bolted open. They'll automatically lock behind you otherwise. So when you go up, you will see that they're dead bolted open. You can go inside, do what you need to do. And then as you come out, it would help us and everyone else if you deadbolted them open so they don't automatically shut behind you. It may sound confusing, but it won't be when you actually try to do it. Uh, so that is our little orientation and welcome to what we're doing here, um, especially because it has been such a great morning for our kiddos. I would love to just say a prayer for them. If any of them afterwards, if there's gonna be more games and activities and things over here. So after I pray for our kids, kids, if you want to go and enjoy a little bit more holiday fun, a little more Halloween fun, you are so invited to do that. So would you guys pray with me as we start our time together? God, thanks that this morning we get to remember that you are a God of joy and laughter and whimsy. After all, you made the platypus. Um, we see the ridiculous in you all the time. Um, thanks for showing up. Thanks that you smile on us, and we feel your smile this morning. Thanks for our kids. They're precious and they're delightful. Thanks that they invite our own inner child out to play. God, we bring all of who we are to you. We entrust you with our children, and it is a joy to do so. We love you, God. Amen. All right, kiddos, if you would like to, any kiddos who are remaining and you want to go play, you want to go have some more snacks and games and stuff, you are so welcome. Uh, and then what I have the honor of also doing now is inviting our friend Selene, who I can't, where's Selene? Oh, there she is, Selene, welcome her up. 
and she's going to read scripture for us this morning. Um, I, I would tell you it was a super long passage, but we've played that joke out a little bit too much, I think. Uh, if you want to, you can stand up because we like to do that here at City Church in honor of God and God's word. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. People of God, this is the word of God. You may be seated, and if you're on Zoom, you can sit down too. Uh, so I'm Bill White. I am the other co-pastor here, and it's super fun to see everybody. Appreciate everyone uh, for all those who dressed in costume. That is makes me very, very happy. So I'm I'm pretending to be a pastor today. So, uh, so in our series, right, talking about uh, ancient wisdom and happiness science today, we are talking about gratitude, and there's around city church and churches like city church and people like you and friends of yours when we talk about gratitude there can be this there can be a knee-jerk reaction because many of us have been fed what i might call toxic positivity right that you you were told like everything should always be good right? God is good all the time, all the time God is good. And while that may not, that may be a very appropriate sort of worship response, what happens is for many of us, we experienced it at times when we were broken and needed to grieve, at times when we were doubting and full of disappointment and needed to question, or at times when we felt abandoned and we were experiencing this loneliness. And we had to ask the question, why and where are you? And this sort of toxic positivity, uh, it comes out in passages like today, okay? So rejoice always, right? I mean, you can feel how that might be used against you. And I'm guessing there's some people here, you've had that used against you, right? Oh, well, just rejoice always. Everything's totally fine. Look on the bright side. And, and it kind of grates the soul, doesn't it? And we're going to get into gratitude because we have to, and it's so healthy. But if we don't look first at this issue of toxic positivity, then, then I think we'll, we'll just miss out. So a couple of studies that I read recently that were super helpful, so interesting. One out of Harvard, uh, experimental subjects. Uh, there, there was this group over here, and then all the rest, kind of the the uh, the control, I guess you'd call it. So this group over here, everyone was was told some sad news, and this group over here was told, "Don't be sad, be happy." As it turned, and then they did a test later, and who were the sadder people? <laughs> the po the people over here who were told, "Don't be sad." be happy. They were literally more sad than the rest of the people who still heard the sad news. It worked against true happiness, this sort of toxic positivity. In another study in the journal of uh, the American Journal of Psychiatry, super interesting. So people who lost a loved one, all right, they, they were part of this study. And the ones who tried hardest not to grieve 
their recovery from the loss was the longest. While other people who grieved, who wept, who were angry, went through the process of grief, they came out on the other side healthier, faster than those who lost loved ones and tried not to grieve. So when we look at this passage today, this is in chapter 5 of the, the book of Thessalonians. In chapter 4, listen to what Paul was just writing about. He says this, don't grieve like those who have no hope. There's an implicit command to grieve. To grieve like someone who has hope. There's, there's a way to actually do both together. Jesus himself, in, in one of his great teachings in John chapter 16, he makes this promise. And this is probably not a promise a lot of us learned in our, for those of us who went to elementary school, we learned all the promises of God. But this is a promise that you can bank on. John 16 verse 20, you will grieve. How's that for a promise? You will grieve. You will suffer loss. You will grieve. The scripture is actually super helpful in naming the fact there is reality out there. And it's hard. It does not diminish what we're going to talk about. It actually makes it all the more important when we talk about healthy gratitude. And we're going to talk about healthy and toxic lament or grief here in two weeks from today. So we're going to look at that side also because there are really healthy ways to do it. And then there's really unhealthy ways. But that's where we're going, and, and that's a little bit of an orientation for us today. Yeah, yeah. So there are really toxic ways that we can try and be positive. Um, and then, you know, just to complicate things even further, though, there is a reality that as people, we have something that cognitive scientists call a negativity bias. So as much as we, we kind of put down, you know, this kind of like, oh, trying to be positive all the time, and there, there are genuine reasons. I, I agree with everything Bill has said, and I have experienced all of that myself. It's also been really helpful to look at and to understand like, oh, my brain, all of our brains are actually wired in a particular way that scientists call having a negativity bias. Okay, so before I, I actually give a definition, I wanna give an example. So I want you guys to imagine getting a job review, okay? You're going in for a job review, uh, which happens to most of us with some regularity at some point in our lives, right? And so you go and you sit down with your supervisor, whoever that is, and they give you some feedback. And three of the things are like, whoa, amazing, positive, you are awesome. And one of them is an area you need to improve. It's, it's where you're not doing so hot and you need to grow. And so you go home and you're talking with your roommate or you're talking with your spouse, you're talking with whoever. Which, which point dominates the conversation? Like, what has stuck out to you in that review with your supervisor? It was not the good stuff. The good stuff just doesn't sink in in the same way. And this is, this is a human experience. It's not just you. It's not that you're somehow broken, like in a way that other people aren't broken. It's your negativity bias. 
And it's actually, scientists think it's, it's kind of a survival mechanism, right? That there's this piece of us that is constantly scanning the environment and even trying to predict forward into the future that's trying to learn from all the negative stuff that's happened to us, the scary things and the painful things and, and the disgusting things, right? To kind of say like, how can I protect myself? And so we are wired to give more weight to the negative. It's stickier in our lives. We pay attention to it more. We remember it more easily. We call it forward into the future. We project it into the future that much more easily. And yeah, it was, it's meant to help us. It's meant to keep us safe. But most of us would probably say, yeah, sometimes it gets in our way. I mean, I, I'm someone who's standing before you saying like, yeah, I've, I've got an extra anxious brain, right? Like I struggle with anxiety. And this prediction of bad things that could happen, it tends not to serve me very well. I mean, yeah, it does protect, right? But it also stresses me out. It stresses us out. It causes depression. It brings up anxiety. It makes it difficult for us to trust in relationships sometimes, right? Because we've been hurt before. And that's stuck with us more than the positive relationships, more than the life-giving relationships. It makes us nervous. And so there's this actual reality, this, this quirk in how our brains work that we actually need to understand. It forms us, but there are ways that we can be counterformed. And so that brings us to gratitude. So our, our passage says, rejoice always and pray constantly and give thanks in all circumstances, because this is what God wants for you. And it's this idea, I think it, it actually ties into the pray constantly. The, I mean, are we all supposed to be walking around talking to God like verbally all day long? No. This is about an attitude, right? It's about an approach to life. And when Paul writes, give thanks in all circumstances, we've already seen in, in Thessalonians that he's, he's not talking about like ignoring the negative, right? But he's recognizing we have a negativity bias and we're going to need some help to grow healthy, mature lives. And gratitude is a serious practice that changes us. It's what all the studies show. I mean, there are a zillion studies around gratitude. And what's interesting is the studies around gratitude show that when you, when you practice gratitude, that your happiness, your well-being increases, those good emotions increase, your negative emotions do not decrease. They don't go away. That was never the purpose for gratitude. Right? All, that's what all the studies show. Like, it doesn't make you, well, now I'm not sad anymore. No, you are sad. You should be sad. There's a lot to be sad about. That's not what gratitude does. It increases, however, your zest for life and all these things. So if you study, like, like one of the most popular things that the scientists study is keeping, is taking five minutes a day to write in a gratitude journal. Five minutes a day. The, the medical results of this are profound. Like 10% increase in happiness levels, decrease by a significant amount in heart disease. Your, your expected uh, lifespan 
is extended, some say by 10 years. I, I don't know. I want to go back and look at that one, but that's a long time. But I mean, but there are literally dozens of studies that show what an incredible impact this simple act of positivity, of gratitude, of giving thanks in all circumstances. Not necessarily giving thanks for all circumstances. That's not what it says. But in all circumstances, having this attitude that's going to say, I'm going to see maybe there's some good. Maybe there are other things in my life I can be grateful for and how radically it changes us. Yeah, Bill, why don't you stay? Um, because this is just the space that we're saying, yeah, we, we just, we want to practice this, not to deny the bad, but to actually say, like, for us to see reality accurately, we're actually going to have to give more weight to the good, right? We're not going to deny the one, but we're actually going to give a little more weight, knowing that happiness and gratitude, thankfulness, it actually takes more work. It's less sticky, so we're going to have to apply it a little bit more frequently and really be more deliberate to notice. So so some of the practices, Bill just mentioned one of them, and actually uh, my, my middle kid, Asher, was talking about it last week. It came up as part of, he, uh, at the beginning of the, the service, was talking about his bedtime routine, right? And so he has a gratitude journal that it's been probably three or four years now uh, that we've had the gratitude journal routine with him. And I'll admit, like, as a parent, it was because we realized that, that there was some negativity happening, right? What? And it, it tended to crop up at, at bedtime. A little bit of anxiety, a little bit of, you know, just kind of, hey, stuff creeping up. And so, you know, thinking about how do we help counterform, you know, for our, our child. And so, you know, we started probably it was just supposed to be three to five, you know, things. And at this point, it's become, it's become kind of a game. <laughs> like how many things can he write down? And it helps that we scribe for him. So he doesn't experience any of the, like, <laughs> work of actually writing it down. So one of us is just sitting there like, okay, buddy, we're at 18. Okay, I think I got a couple more in me. Okay. <laughs> So you could do that. You could do the competitive approach, or you could do what <laughs> Bill described. And maybe you just have three. But you know, then the trick there, if you just pick three things you're going to write down, is actually think about them. Like, we've talked about savoring before. Actually savor them. Actually let yourself experience in your body those good things, how good it was. Because we're really trying to cement it, that memory. What are some other ways in your family, Bill? Uh, so if... if People have come over to dinner at my house. You know that we picked this up from uh, friends of ours ooh, 10 years ago, but we have a blessing plate. We, there's one plate that looks different than the other plates, and that person, everyone blesses them. Are there a few people here who've gotten the blessing plate at, at, our, at our dinner, right? This is what happens. And so, I mean, it's hilarious. Like, our kids would come in from soccer practice or whatever and, uh, you know, joining us for dinner and a couple of people, you know, so say Jericho and Parker are over for dinner and Jericho got the blessing plate and Timothy comes home from tennis practice and we're like, oh, hey, Timothy, it's time to bless Jericho. And Timothy's like, oh, I don't think I've met you. Hi, I'm Timothy. I really like your smile. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, can I get dinner now? You know, but it's just this, pra that we just do it. And it's been super fun to, uh, to kind of have something on a regular basis where we give thanks for the things we like about other people. 
I've heard there's someone else in your family who's really good <laughs> yeah. at gratitude practices as well. Yeah, yeah. so so Katie is uh, she's a gratitude star. She's and she's been studying this really pretty intensely the last six months. But so we have a, we have a few other practices. So she prescribes to her patients. She's a doctor, and so she will literally prescribe to them to give thanks. And it actually helps them. So and then at bedtime in our so we, I wonder. I'll have to ask her whether she noticed a little bit of negativity cropping up at bedtime. But she said, hey, why don't we start giving thanks at bedtime? <laughs> well, we, Maybe we there was a little messaging going I on know. there. You know, now I'm, I'm putting a couple of things together right here. We, anyway, anyway, so we, uh, huh. anyway, so we, we take, we, as we, as we go to sleep at night, we each share three things that we're grateful for. And we've done this now for four or five months, maybe. It's been great. Um, just a way to, to end the day. It's been really positive. That's really fun. Um, our family actually has a new one that's like similar but a little different to the blessing plate. Uh, and I, I think the fact that these things sometimes happen around dinner or bedtime, I mean, these are just these like key moments, right? Where like with the people in your lives, and you guys might have some different ones, some different key moments uh, with people in your lives. Uh, but okay, so, so dinner time at my family, that's another place where sometimes a little um, tension and negativity can crop up. I don't oh, know if dinner? anybody else. With kids? Yeah, with, with kids, anybody else who might experience that sometimes. You know, as everyone's kind of tired and cranky and maybe not liking what's on their plate because it involves green yucky vegetables and things like that. Um, and people who cooked them are feeling cranky, too. <laughs> so I got this idea from this writer named Greg McCone or McCown. I'm actually not sure how to pronounce it. Um, but uh, he talked about doing cheers at dinner, like giving toasts basically at dinner. And so I thought it sounded like a great and really fun idea. And, and let me grab my coffee cup. So now at dinner, uh, we have a Toastmaster every night. And the Toastmaster rotates. <laughs> you know, we just kind of share the load. Who's going to start? Who's going to start? Are Beck and Zoe, do they? Are they? They love it. They're, they're great Toastmasters. Toastmasters. Okay. And they're really intense on whose turn it is. Like, I, I lose track <laughs> of whose turn it is to be Toastmaster. Uh, but they do not. They do not. They know who's Toastmaster that night. So that we can go around and we just make a few circles and people can pass if they want to. But they're going to say cheers to something in their day. They could say cheers to someone around the table. I admit that's mostly the parents at this point <laughs> uh, trying to model some, you know, positivity towards others. Um, but you so you can give cheers to whatever you want to during the day. You're not allowed to be sneakily negative, you know, like cheers to the person not annoying me, um, <laughs> <laughs> especially if it's a sibling. Uh, but we, yeah, so we do cheers, and it has been awesome. It's like one of those things that might sound a little cheesy in theory, but it actually, the kids look forward to it. And if we forget, because we're tired and cranky, they totally get us started. It's time to do some toasts. And as we've done it, I've realized, oh, we already naturally do that in some other places, like our board meetings as a church, when we get our elders and deacons together. And we almost always start off with a round of celebrations, like, Hey, how have we been living into our vision and values? What's been cool? What great conversations have you been having lately? Let's celebrate these things. Yeah. Celebrations are important. So, yeah, so are you ready to be awkward? We're ready to be awkward. Okay, so here's the deal. We're kind of done talking. Do you ever think we talk too much? I think we talk too much sometimes. We think you guys should talk a little bit more today. Uh, and so we actually want to do some toasting today. Uh, as a church, and this includes the folks on Zoom, 
guys, I'm going to run out. Yeah. I'm going to go talk to the friend, my friends on Zoom. Yeah, Bill is coming over to, to be our, our Zoom host right now for toasting while I get everybody organized here. So don't leave on Zoom. Yes, it will be awkward, but it'll be really good, too. And remember, we just told you it's scientifically healthy. Um, so we are going to take a break in a second. And in that break, we want to make sure you go get a drink, whether it's a glass of water. We actually have some hot cider that Helen has heated up for us back there as just a special treat. Um, our coffee pots have kind of decided to struggle today, but there's something sort of like coffee um, in the back. Helen did her absolute best. Um, and so we want you to take a second and get a drink. And then you're going to come back, and you're going to sit with a group of maybe like three or four people at least maybe one person you don't know as well, you know, feel free to move your chairs around. And we just invite you to do a couple rounds of giving some toasts. Now, let's say that you're really introverted. Or even that you're coming in today and you're actually, you're like, I don't know that I have anything to toast, right? That that feels really hard. I still want to invite you to go to a group. And remember, you can always pass. I would love for you to just, just, just be there. And you can still enjoy it. And when somebody toasts something, of course, what we say is... Cheers! Or if you want to, a nice here, here, right? You know, you can reflect it back. Cheers to friendship. Cheers to whatever it is. But we are going to do some toasting this morning for about 10 minutes. Uh, so this is your opportunity. Go grab something to drink and then let's. Hey, go uh, you want to mute? Okay? Oh, I'm going to mute her. There you go. Can you guys hear?